Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined as always by Trace Finicaro and Meryl Sneakin. Ooh, very nice. That is a one gunner Kennedy. We are also joined by a very, very, very special guest, the fierce, the talented, Jess Novak. Jess, how are you? Wow. Hi, I'm good. How are you? Oh, wonderful. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. <laughs> so, Jess, you have been a fixture of the Syracuse music scene for, I mean, actually talk about how you got into it. I mean, I'm not going to steal your story. Tell us tell us how you got into, out into being a music performer. And- sure. I would love to hear your version, though. I'm, I'm very curious about it. <laughs> okay. um, I think it would be great. Um, what happened? I um, started playing violin when I was a kid, when I was seven years old, but didn't actually think I'd become a musician because I never thought I was good enough. So I went to undergrad for music industry and public relations, thinking I'd do something on that side. And then when I graduated from James Madison University, I was like, oh, no it's impossible to get a job. So I'll just go to grad school. So I did. And I went to SU for one year for their music journalism program. And while I was at SU, I remember talking to the music professor and asking them, them, is there a good music scene in Syracuse? And they said, no, it sucks. And so, (laughs) (laughs) so I started working at the blue tusk in search of a music scene as well. And I remember everybody at the blue tusk, like took me out was like, no, bands play at Al's and bands play at empire. And that's when I met Wade. And, and so I learned that there was a music scene and there was the, the New Times that wrote about music every week. And so I became a music editor there. And I was a DJ, a radio DJ on The Rebel and a bartender. And I was just like very connected with the scene. And then one day I quit all my jobs and went across the country. I have no idea why. I just left on a train and did it. And I kept a band and it was really crazy. And I just realized during that whole trip, that everybody I came across was just doing things they loved and putting their whole everything into it. And so I thought, why am I waiting? I'm just going to start playing music. And that was in like 2012. And since then, I've released nine albums and just play every day all the time. What's that? I mean, that's my close to my version. My version oh, yeah. had significantly more alcohol in it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, was going to say, did it, involve, <laughs> did it involve kicking down doors, uh, riding them down a roof, and drinks? That all happened. That's all happened. Every, every story is, a, is fundamentally made better by kick down a door drinks. Wow. <laughs> Wade and I kicked down a lot of doors. Yeah, we sure, we sure did. All <laughs> I, I in other, in other parts of the city as well. <laughs> we'll just keep, our, keep these travels to Armory Square. <laughs> we, we owe people a lot of money. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I got kicked out of the, uh, the Blarney Stone. Oh God! We were talking about this. How'd you do that? Wow! I punched the, uh, I punched the towel dispenser. It wasn't dispensing. <laughs> and I, I've learned, I've learned my lesson since then. If you, if you, um, just kind of flutter the flap. Have you ever fluttered the flap before? Jesus <laughs> Christ! That sounds dirtier than I think it probably <laughs> is. Then, so <laughs> then it's more criminal than property damage. Well, if you I flutter the flap, you- then it then it comes out. <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, 
but see, I didn't know that at the time. I thought that it was malfunctioning and I punched it. And that works too, actually, because when you, if you punch it hard enough, it flutters the flap for you. Um, but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, the owner was, uh, was taking a leak oh. right next to me when I did it. And uh, all of a sudden, everyone <laughs> in the bathroom went from going to the bathroom to getting me out of the bathroom. Because I guess when you go to a bar like that, there's kind of some, um, like everyone just knows everyone and they just made sure that I was God. So it was not the bar. That's tip Hill dog. That is everyone knows everyone on tip Hill. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, it's also just any, any like food service slash alcohol service location that has an Irish word or stone in it. Yeah. Generally will, 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 you know, excommunicate you very quickly. If you are, you are that guy. Wade and I didn't talk for like two weeks afterward. <laughs> You're lucky you didn't end up in a garbage can. I mean, not dead, just like stuff. I was in a garbage can left out. Believe school. it or not, believe it or not, I uh, <clears throat> my relationship with the owner prevented Trace from being in a bar a garbage can. <laughs> my my neck Any hurt. Variety. My my neck hurt for like a week. Like they picked me up by just parts of my body I didn't know was possible. <laughs> You're like a little no. kitty. <laughs> yeah, and then I was just angry. Out. I was so angry. I mean, I, I don't know, but like I just <laughs> thought, like you know what? If I can't be in this bar, I'm just gonna pick a fight with anybody that tries to go into the bar. I still yeah. want. I still want to go back to the concept of somebody telling you that there's no music scene in Syracuse. Oh yeah, and, like a professor. You know, like I am. I am. Okay, I am not in any way, shape, or form cool or in depth, and I know that that statement is emphatically wrong. It's like Syracuse is like Detroit if it was shrunk down to like subcompact car status. Yeah, I agree, and what is, that's what I found out all the time. But yeah, no, he he stood by that. He told me to leave. Basically, he's like, if you want a music scene, don't live here. Well, well, I mean, I mean, like, I think that's like sage advice from anyone like in Syracuse to anyone to like do anything yeah. <laughs> to run. Except if you want to be a professional snowplower, then this is the place to be. Really central New York, and, and but truly, and that's measure. that's complete bullshit, and you are proving that that's complete bullshit. And so is Trace. And so is Gunner. Jess, do you? Do you I'm going to tell you a little secret here that you probably okay. didn't know about your boy. The three of us are actually, we actually had a music project. I'm not joking. I feel like I did know this, but you never really? sent, you sent me something a long time ago. I remember you talked about singing. I know you can sing. Uh, I don't know you about that. You were always very hush-hush about it. Because I'm massive puss and completely afraid to put any, well, any yeah. creative thing that I do into the world. What? <laughs> <laughs> Because I suck. Because no, <laughs> I'm here. propped up by like gutter and trace. <laughs> and I'm just a fraud. And like, it's hard no. for me to deal with on a personal what, level, let what, alone show everyone else that. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait. We'll get you a Hatsune Miku style VTuber avatar. We'll get you sorted. It'll be okay. Make me a wee I need to hear this. Can you guys play me something? We can. I don't know if we can I, play know, something knew, now. We can. I knew, <laughs> I knew I would be asked to do this. And I'm like, I don't know if I can produce. Um, the technical whatever it takes to send the sound through so uh i maybe maybe what i can do is uh um, we can send a link or something yeah please yeah i yeah i i would love i would love to play to play something for you just to get your reaction like just on the air and actually our listeners yeah, your 
I would. They know about Please. it. They know about it because we reference it. So the name Friendship Snake came came from a song that uh, we had a lot of fun writing, but Wade refused to ever let us produce. Time out, time out, time out, time out. <laughs> okay, not the case at all. The fact is Friendship Snake came from, and actually, Jess, I'd like you to talk about this because maybe I'm sure that any artist, I'm not an artist, I'm sure that anyone that attempts to do music gets this burnt out feeling where like you've oh, yeah. been in a room for like i don't know trace at that point how many hours do you think like six eight hours we're um, just like for that session sure time? yeah but 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 so so jess this is this is six to eight hours without any real musical talent <laughs> so like you get burnt out with musicians right this is us oh, doing yeah. the same thing except it's um uh, we lost weight He'll be back. Um, it was doing that thing in my ear. Sorry. <laughs> that was just, that was friendship snake playing in your earway. <laughs> that's that terrible it was. sound. It was. Um, it's just our song. But, uh, but yeah, so it's, it's similar, except, you know, we have, there's some skills you don't really need to know too much music for when it comes to a song. Um, but there's other ones that you really do need good music skills for. So yeah, we got burnout quick. So what would end up happening is um, we just start these stupid, like, I don't know, we just kind of put a really dumb melody on repeat and we would start making up the goofiest lyrics um, possible. And yeah, so Friendship Snake was that. And it ended up being a song about having like a friend that uh, you really, he was a good friend but they did some really controversial things like the words that they said, they, they might come off as, you know, um, not inclusive <laughs> and those, those types of friends. And, uh, but you bring them around anyway. And you just, you just hope that your friends don't judge you because of your friend. Um, yeah, and that was, it's the like, song. it's like Chino. It's like, yeah, okay. Chino was fun. But Jesus, what a what a dickhead! Yeah, couldn't take him and like anywhere. what a controversial right. Who? But that's who? Oh, this kid, this kid we used to work with, uh, Chino. Uh, oh, just uh, such a universal name that <laughs> I'm like, yeah, keep talking. I know this Chino. <laughs> no, not the Chino that we know. Um, <laughs> but it was the the name of his podcast came from that frustration. So, Jess, when you're you had the advantage of you know how to actually play instruments and stuff. Like that's one of our one of the th things that was tough trace was the only one that could essentially play the instrument. Right. And so it was, it was frustrating because it would take him, he would build these melodies and stuff. And then we were just like, yeah, let's change this. And it'd be like, Oh man, I have to go through and change a lot of this. Right. That's crazy. Oof, yeah. It's going to take so me when you're, 25 hours of clicking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. It, right. Well, Cause like, you know, you, how do you put it? It's like, it's asynchronous improvisation. So, tra you know, like trace would bring, things to the session and we're trying to write lyrics and we're trying to come up with vocals and everything like that and as we got onto the vocals it's like well actually now that i hear this <laughs> i want to change this thing remember so that 30 hours you spent eight about to, six to That's blow rough. away everything reprogram so, so just when you write music um do you start do you just write some lyrics down do you start with like melodies do you kind of already have some lyrics like almost like in your holster kind of that you're waiting for a melody to come up with. Like, how does your process work? Take me, take us from like the start of it to, you know, to when you feel you've got some good bones to a song. 
tens. They, different ones happen different ways. But for me, usually I keep a collection of words in my phone all the time, just like endless words and notes. And then usually something will spark a song, like someone will say something to me and that'll just, I don't know, then it just happens. And like all the words that I've had all over the place, all the right ones come together. And then usually once I have a theme in mind and kind of a direction of, of the words, like my last song was a lot about letting go. So then the, the chords just, just figured themselves out because I wanted like a melancholy. So I just found chords that fit that mood and then they fit right with the words and then it all just happens really quickly usually. Something like that. So now is there, like, a, there a point where you, yeah, go ahead. Not my bad. That's fine. Okay, we'll just keep doing that. We'll keep talking. So uh, many I, I, times. I, I, I video chat, so I can just raise. My, now I can actually like literally raise my hand. Yes, yes, Gunner. Gunner just got decent internet. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm living high on the hog, as it were. So, um, would you say that, like, how much of your writing is just you versus a collaborative exercise? What do you mean? Well, because you know, again, like, well, how'd you put it? When you're when you're writing songs, um, are you just performing? Are you just performing them as by yourself, or is it is there like a, a um, group of people that you're working with? So, yeah. yeah, it depends. So another cool thing, I play a lot solo, and then I have a duo with my boyfriend, and then I have a band. So usually, what happens is I'll play a lot of songs solo, just naturally. It used to be that I would play out solo a lot. Now I play on Twitch solo a lot, but that kind of gives me all these ideas and. And like, I'll loop my vocals and I'll loop guitar and then play violin. So I have an idea of like where the solo is and, and kind of what I want the harmonies to be and all that. And then I usually know in my head if it's going to be solo, duo, or band. So depending on who I plan on bringing it to, I just plan on them collaborating at a later time. It used to be more with a band, like we would get together a bunch and play songs, but now you can't do it ever. So... Yeah. Um, one day I have a lot of songs for the band and I know exactly, I think, you know, where those songs will go, but that's part of the fun of it is when you do have a good group of people that you play with and you just know that the day you sit down with them, they're going to just like kick it up a hundred notches and take it all new places and add so much to it. So it starts as solo. I figure it out. And then I also leave it open to whoever I decide to collaborate on it with. Both. That was that was one of my big questions as well. Was was that creative process? So for the most part, you're you write you write the song, you come up with it, but you're like, no, I know. Um, um, let's say uh, I, I I think there's you got a guy that does the upright bass, right? Yeah, uh, Joey. Yeah, so so Joey, for example, you're like, you know, I I know what I I know what the bass line is going to sound like, but Joey's going to do something here. Like he's going to, is is that how it is? Like, you know, he's going to bring it or is it more like you just say, you know what, what you do is what we're recording and uh, you know, let's go with it. That's it. I've learned total trust with everyone I play with to just like let them do it. And you're thinking of Joey who doesn't play with us all the time, but he has played on a few of our songs and the one that he's, he's in a music video with us with treat me right. I'll never forget that because I, I always send the song or like try to go over the songs with people but I swear he walked in and he was like, so what key is this in? Like, what is this song? <laughs> we're like, I don't know, dude, just, just play some stuff. I think it was the second take. He was just so natural with it that it just happened. And pretty much everyone in my band is like that. Some like 
slave over certain parts more than others. Like Anthony, the guitar player, gets really intricate, but a lot of them are just totally natural. Like they just hit it. They just know what to do. And I trust them to do it right. And they, and they do. And on the new album, there's a lot. We just released an album in September where there's like, um, in the first song, there's a, like a melodic line that the trumpet and the guitar to that I had never had in my head. But the first time we played it, they both started going towards that. And then there it was. And that stuck for the rest of the time. So that's part of the fun of music is holding on enough to know like your idea and then letting go enough to let other people make it better and yeah. not being too uptight to, to allow that. So like when you explain that process, right. And that was just a few months ago that you said, and by the way, um, pretty impressive here. Um, I think what I heard you say was, was nine albums since 2012, which is more than one album per year for the last eight years. Is that right? Yeah, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so pretty crazy. So in the case of that, that recent one, um, was there, because this must've been tough times to do your rehearsals, um, with the band was like, how many, how many takes did you guys get in together, uh, before you laid that album down? So this, that album was really, oh my God, it was so crazy. We started it in January. We had our first rehearsal for the album last December. So like a year ago right now. And we went in in January and like from the beginning, it was one of those albums that was like destined to be just torture and yet so beautiful and perfect. But uh, because the first weekend we had two days planned and it was in January of this year and it was like the worst snowstorm ever. The worst. It was so bad. And I had no voice. I had completely lost my voice. If you, if I ever played anyone, the original tracks, it's like, it's really like that. Like I had no voice. So I'm trying to lead the band, tell people what to do, sing the songs and like nothing coming out. And somehow we still finished it by May, I think, which was good considering COVID's hit in March. We were like well through it in March, but not done. So then it was like one person had to go into the studio at a time and, and then we had to do all of the mixing like remotely. Usually you like get in a room and you mix together and you like have ideas going and stuff, but we couldn't do that. It just had to be individual ideas sending to the engineer, Brett Hoven. And so it was a lot harder. And then we didn't even know if we'd have a CD release party. It was just lucky that we did a virtual one in August and then we're actually able to do an in-person one in September. And Nelson Odeon went to so much trouble to do that because that was a whole other thing that they had to set up a field with all the posts and separating all the people. It was just like nonstop hoops. But it came out and it, it was great. And so I'm thankful <laughs> we got it. But now I was all ambitious and thinking we'd go back in the studio this January. And now it's just like people have been getting sick and we can't, we can't do anything at the moment. So I don't know. You do what you can. Now, when yeah. you're writing a recording, are you writing as well for like the next album? Like, are you, are you just continuously writing or do you ever take time off to just kind of just maybe concentrate on touring or is it just pretty much 24 seven? You're always kind of looking to write something. I feel like it's like a songwriter. What I've heard and read about like other biographies I've read of songwriters is that it just like happens when it happens and you can't stop it. And that's part of what you have to get used to is just accepting that when it's hitting, like you have to do it. You can't wait. So there's, there's there was just a time where I didn't write a song for a couple of weeks. But then, in, you know, last week I wrote two. It's just like when it happens, you just do it. And it doesn't mean you keep them all either. It's not like I'm ever like, this song is going to be with this. It's just they work themselves out. And sometimes I'll write a song and I'm like, that's the best one I've ever written. And then I never play it again because I realize it sucks. And so you just, 
I don't know. You just let it happen. That's another hard part is you have to like let it go sometimes or realize that you think it's great, but nobody else cares. So maybe that song wasn't as good as you thought. Like it's, you just got to let it all happen and be very chill about the whole thing. So the, the, the treat me right. Is that your newest music video? And I mean, some, of course, I had to do some research on you, right? I couldn't uh, <laughs> couldn't have you on without without consuming some of uh, some of the content. And um, like with that one, for example, I noticed that there was a choice to film it in black and white. Um, I also noticed that the percussion in it was largely it was either inspired by or like intentionally done with you know non standard stuff, right? So you got like your paper cups and you're flipping them around, and you got people blowing on bottles. Was it started with that premise? You're like, I'm going to make a song. We're going to use paper cups to, to, to bring in the percussion. And I realized that there's other percussion besides paper cups in there. But uh, were you like, it, this is going to be the theme. I want it to be a black and white video with paper cups. Or was it more like, okay, this is a song we really like. And then as you're getting together to do the shoot, um, some of these creative eyes, uh, ideas came together more towards the video side. And you're like, you know what? I liked, I like those paper cups so much. We're going to put them in the song um, and we're going to, that's, that, that's going to become like a central theme. And then, and I know I'm throwing a lot of questions at you. Um, and then like uh, the, the, the production process, like is, because we've done we've done enough production to know it's a grind. I've done some myself. I have I have a a, a, a software company um, as I'm very proudly advertising. Not that not that you're a consumer of my software, but uh, in you know I did one commercial for it, and it took it it took for it took for eternity. It's like I mean, it, I think it was 18 hours of just wow. standing in front of bright lights and saying the same thing over and over. And that's that's a scripted just me talking, right? It's this isn't you know singing. This isn't uh, you know trying to to time the um, the recorded version with the uh, with the video version and hoping that that times in properly. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that and answer all those questions? Yes, there was a lot of questions, but I can answer them all. So first, that isn't the most recent. We've done two music videos since, actually three, but the third hasn't been released. So we've done Try and Match and Northern Lights since then. Northern Lights will be released soon. And Treat Me Right was from 2017's Fireworks and Fairy Tales, that album. And so that song, Treat Me Right, okay, so it was inspired by... Um, I got my ticket for the long way round. That song that was in Pitch Perfect, I think it's called, which I never saw that movie. But that stupid song, every show around the time that came out, everybody told me, you have to play the cop song, the cop song, cop song. I was like, oh, the cop song. So one day I was bartending still at the time. And so I was bartending. And I just watched a YouTube video about how to do the cup song. And I like kind of learned it. I didn't learn it correctly. I still look at her do it. I'm like, oh, I'm not even close. But the beat worked. So I just made it work. And then I was like, wait, why am I playing this every show? It's just a beat. And she's singing some stuff. Like, why don't I just write my own? So I did. And that's when Treat Me Right happened. I actually wrote it, I think, in 2013 or 2014, like way early, but thought it was dumb. So then later on, I, I showed it to the producer at the time. He was like, this is incredible. Why are we not playing this all the time? So we decided to record it. And when we recorded it, it was another one of those things that we just started playing the song as a band and one night at Dinosaur playing the song and my guitar player, Anthony, picked up a bottle and started blowing on the bottle in the mic. And I was like, shut up. And like, 
told him right then, like, we're going to do that on the album. So then when we went to do that on the album, I have to say this, um, it was him and, and another guy in the band brought in, you know, a, a six pack, 12 pack of you know, beer, but they had to tune the bottles. So you have to like bring the liquid to a certain level, right? So of course, instead of pouring it out, they drank it. So they were, and it, this was at like 10 in the morning. They were hammered. Not because they, they drank that much, but it was so early in the morning. They, both of them had not eaten. So they were just like drinking and blowing in the bottles, hammered, hammered. And then they drank all of it, of course. But it was so funny and we kept that. And then, okay, the next questions. So the video I had in my head was to do it very much like Beyonce's Single Ladies with that black and white vibe. Mm -hmm. The uh, outfit I had was specifically designed for that music video by Michelle Van Dyke, who was a Syracuse local designer. And because the song is about like, treat me right, it's like, and that single lady is kind of like, you know, wagging <laughs> your finger thing. So... I really wanted to catch that like super sassy attitude vibe in the video, which I think we did. I, I liked that. And what am I forgetting? How long it took. We've gotten pretty good at the videos. Dennis, the guy who records them, is really good to work with. He makes everybody just feel like very at ease. And it's just like, just have fun. And I'll, I'll do the work. Like, you just do your thing. So, and I think that also came across in the video, especially with the backup singers, how they're singing at one another. And like, again, with the finger wagging, like in each other's faces and stuff. That's the kind of interaction that I look for in a music video. I don't like when it's acting because a lot, most musicians can't act really. They just can't. So it just comes across to me as very stupid when people are, you know, walking down the street in their music videos. Like, no, just sing the song like, and have fun. That's what you do. So I liked that it just captured like the fun of the music video and it really didn't take that long. I remember we recorded on a Sunday morning and uh, usually the most difficult part is getting everyone in one place at one time. And like for that music video, for example, everybody was in, like in a shift. It was like, okay, drummer, bottle guys, backup singers, and this person has to go to church and this person's coming from a show. And so that was the trickier part, but it was really, it felt to me effortless. Like it was a lot to put together, but once it was going, it was just very fun. And again, they were drinking beer and having fun and it was just very relaxed. And we just sang the song and, and Joey, you know, flipping the bass, just fun. It's a good time. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to steal all the questions here. So you guys just talk right over me if you need to. Um, but I have, I got a full book. No, I, I got a couple. Um, so one thing I really liked that you said was uh, you said that, that musicians aren't actors, right? And, yeah. um, it, I, I, and, and no, that I, I'm not quoting you. It's not, it's not going to ring forever. And, but okay. I, <laughs> the reason, the reason, the reason that I like that statement is because uh, one of the things that I've always like kind of thought of from the sidelines um, I've, I'm not a musician um, um, by profession, right? I mean, we're hobbyist musicians at best. Um, we're probably better podcasters <laughs> than we are musicians. But uh, one of the I things I heard I songs yet. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's a. <laughs> um, one of the things that I that I think about is is that as a musician, you know, in in the music videos, as we talk about those, it, it kind of points to the. The, this kind of tug of war, right, between um, your your raw creative talent and and your the, the showmanship behind the song, and how difficult that must be as a career musician 
to know which one wins, which one's more important, because it seems like if either of them fail, the career fails. And that's not like that with all careers, right? It's really a performing arts problem, but it's different with music, right? Because we don't have to see you to hum along with the song on the radio, but there's this expected, you know, um, you know, public, uh, people want to see a show. Um, they want to see you and you talk about how you're picking out dresses and stuff like that. And even though you, you know, you may not be an actor, you're responsible for a lot of things that an actor is responsible for. Yep. So I guess my question for you is, um, you know, how do you deal professionally with that tug of war? Is it just fluid for you? And you're like, you know what, I'm just going to get up there. I'm going to wear something that I like. And I'm not really going to worry too much about it. It's all just going to flow. And based on your performances, it seems like a lot of that is 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 possible with your genre, where right. you can you can just be in it. It's you you know the music, you know the band members, and it's just all going to work. Like uh, like you you one of your um one of your tracks you you decided you know right afterwards you're going to go into a beatles song right um and and i watched you with the electric violin and the guitarist um is it the same one we were speaking about yeah anthony yeah and um it my my son's a huge beatles fan by the way and he really really enjoyed uh uh listening to to anthony play that that piece and but like, like I'm watching the two of you and it's, it's almost, you know, like that Simon and Garfunkel moment, right. Where you could tell that the viewer can tell that the two of you are just, you just know exactly what you're doing. You don't, you know, it's not so much about, Hey, how am I perceived up here? You're just in that moment and you, you, you're feeling his guitar and he's feeling your violin. And I mean, I don't know how much of your own instruments you could hear up there. I don't know how, how all that works. But uh, so like, is it, is it mostly natural is, but do you, or do you find yourself getting up being like, okay, you know, what's the next content I need to put out there? And as a Twitch streamer, I I assume all of that becomes relevant as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Wow. There were a lot of parts to that question too. (laughs) So I want to back up to the beginning. Okay. Cause you have me thinking about a lot of things. First thing was that about like image and music and acting and music. So the first thing that you made me think about was when I was a kid, I'll never forget this. I was probably eight or so around there. And I remember it was just like when Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey were everything. And I asked my babysitter for real. I walked up to her and I was like, so do you have to be a supermodel to be a singer? I just like want to know, like if I have any chance at all, basically. And she just laughed and like, didn't even get it. And, but that's what you're kind of faced with. Well, they, just like you said, and especially as a female, holy crap. It's like this constant, if you care too much, then you have no substance and you suck. But if you don't care at all, then you're just gross and you don't care at all. And it's just, you never can win. And the only way I found to combat that is to be totally comfortable and just do what you want to do, how you want to do it. And there's just a happy medium, like caring about how the show looks, caring about how your band looks, caring about how the album looks, but not making that the central focus or being so obsessed with that, that you forget like you're a musician, right? So we have to work on that first. And, and to me, it all tends to work together when you're on the right track and you, you find the groove. And, and I've always said to my band, like a lot of people in their, um, I know bands who all dress the same or like 
have very specific photo shoots and this and that. And I've never believed in that. I always want people to feel comfortable because that's what matters to me more. I don't think you can perform well if you're uncomfortable or I can't, I know. And I found that too, is that when I do, especially big shows where they ask you to do a cover song, I do okay. I can get through. But if you ask me to play one of my songs, no problem, no problem. And with my band, no problem. I can do that anywhere, anytime. So I think it's about comfort level and being true to yourself. And that's also what I feel with musicians being actors is I feel like musicians are the anti-actors because you're just always being so honest. Yeah. You're, 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 you're typecasted. <laughs> you're typecasted right. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. So if I can't be myself, I feel so uncomfortable and weird and I don't know what to do and, and, and it doesn't work. So I, that's what I love about music. That's what's always drawn me to it. And the beautiful thing is in those moments, like you saw where Aunt and I were just feeling it. It's funny when you say like, you guys know exactly what you're doing. We had no idea. But that's the beauty is that you're so in the moment. You don't have to, it just works because everybody's in it when you, and that's like a rare thing when everybody's in it that you don't have to think anymore. You just, it just all happens. And you, and like, I remember in that song, particularly, we just soloed our faces off and then eventually we're like, oh, shoot. Okay, we're going to switch right now, guys. Here we go. And we just like, everybody did it. Everybody felt it and it just happened. And that's like the best part of music is when you all get on that same page and it just happens and it's all natural and it's, oh, it's the best feeling in the world. So, so I'm going to ask a more, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some, some mic time now to break it let's break it up a little bit just take it um, just take it i'll just go forever. i'll just ask a more kind of cliche question but I, it's always interested with any artist if you had to be completely kind of honest with yourself what are some of the artists like musical artists that shaped you and your music like that you maybe Maybe other people can't draw direct comparisons to, but you kind of hear it in the, this kind of influenced me and I can hear this. Maybe nobody else can hear this, but I can hear this. Yeah. I love, and I love that you say that because people always say like, so you must love Bonnie Ray and you must love, like, they just think they hear me and know exactly what I like. It's like, no, no, not really. I mean, I love Bonnie Ray, but I would not call her a, a big influence. I would call Gwen Stefani and no doubt like the biggest one. And, and she was one that even I was kind of stumped, like, where is that in my music? Like, I don't see, hear much ska or punk or like that California thing. But what I do hear in my lyrics is she's another like brutal honesty, just throwing it at in your face. Like, I, and I love that about her. So that comes through in my lyrics where I don't hide anything. It's just like straight up as plain as you can say it and which is something that she really does so she's a huge 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 one in, in lyrics and just the way she presents herself just fierce and push-ups I do push-ups like her like I just love that that energy that she brings so she's a big one and then Nick Acosta was one of my favorite female singers growing up my brother introduced me to her and I don't know if you if you guys know her Nick I'm not super familiar yeah, she was, she was not, uh, when I knew her, not very mainstream, but mainstream enough that, you know, she was known. But yeah, I like her because she's similar to Gwen Stefani and just like brutally honest in her lyrics. And like, actually, if you listen in match, when I do the wow, that thing, she's like known for that. Her, she does this like growly thing. Are we yeah, well, it's are, funny we're not talking concrete blondes, right? Um, no, no, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. And what were you going to say? Sorry. 
Well, when you said, you know, you don't do like, like you wonder where the scat is coming through in your music. And, and I did, I thought, I thought about Ska, brother. What's that? Ska. Well, I, well, I'm using the word scat, so you can take it. You <laughs> can take it or something leave it. A bit different. Well, but, but that's, but Love when it. she said match, that's kind of where my head started going was, fair enough, was, fair enough. was, was, was how she was doing that in match. So, um, and that's another video where that video looked like a tremendous amount of fun. Oh my God. It was so much fun <laughs> for so many reasons. Like uh, the hula hoops and well, that uh, was, yeah. So I knew the girls would be great, but literally my jaw was on the floor watching them just like. Oh, one of them started do? playing the drums. I mean, that <laughs> and that too. So what I, I always like to do this too. I don't like to give people too much warning. So I didn't tell the girls they were all going to play instruments until they got there. And they were like, what? I, don't know. <laughs> I was like, no, you'll be fine. Just pretend, just smile and look cute and you'll be fine. So I surprised them with that. And I didn't tell the guys I was going to make them dance either. So uh, same thing. They all looked at me like, dance how like what do you mean and it was funny where they all found their little thing like the drummers got the hoops and nick would just took off he just had all kinds of moves and anthony so we call anthony crash because he's fallen at gigs before like in the middle mm -hmm. of a song and then falls on the floor and keeps soloing on his back like this is just what he does but in the music video his girlfriend is eliza um the she has dark hair and she did the hooping one of the hoopers but the hooper with the dark hair so she, she was like showing him like, oh, why don't you use the chair and you can like do a chair dance and whip your hair around. And so she, they're like coaching him. So then he goes to like do his chair dance and promptly falls off the chair and breaks it, like wipes out hard, which you can see in the music. Video. And we have, we have pictures of him just mid fall, hair everywhere, chair breaking, just amazing. So it, yeah, it was really fun because everybody just like made a fool of themselves in a, in a great way and, and, and just laughed. Even I felt funny. I'm like, I don't dance. This is so awkward. I don't hoop. Look at these girls hoop. Not me. Like, it was really fun. Do you have a favorite song? Of mine or just period in the world? Yes, of yours. Um, usually my, <laughs> my favorite song is the newest one just because it's fresh. Mm -hmm. That always is. And I feel bad because... I always say that songs are like kids, so you don't want to be like, well, the newest one is the best. The shiny but, one. <laughs> yeah, right. The little one that doesn't talk back, but <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's always the new one because it's fresh. You know, it, you haven't played it 4,000 times and it's still exciting. And That's the way, that's the the way I think as well. Uh, I think the same way. <laughs> um, but it's not a common, it's, it's a musician's way of thinking. Not that I'm a musician. I don't want to call myself one because I'm certainly not, but it's a musician's way of thinking because a musician wants to create and share content, right? Whereas most people consume music in a different fashion. They consume music like it's like a memory, right? It's like, right. oh, I love right. this Red Hot Chili Peppers song. And every time it comes on, it reminds me of this. But as a creator though, you don't, you don't really want to think of your first song. I mean, maybe there's some nostalgia there, but if you're, if you're still making new content, you're like, no, fucking listen to this new one. It's amazing. Come listen to the new one. I'm singing the new one in my head right now. You exactly. should be singing it too. That's so I, true. I'd like, I like that answer. It's probably not, it's probably not like a, you know, a, a fan favorite answer because it's, it, it almost would be a cop out to a fan. They're like, no, this is my favorite song and it should be your favorite too. But as a, you know, as a musician, that 
that resonates. Um, what about from the instruments? Um, you you certainly seem to play a lot. Is there one that you that you like the most? I'm most comfortable with violin because I've been playing it the longest. But my favorite is piano, and that's really funny because when I was a kid, my parents said, "Hey, what instrument do you want to learn?" And I said, "Piano," like I freaking knew it. And my parents said, oh, that's nice. Well, we only know a violin teacher. So I guess that's what you're oh. going to play. Yeah. Which, I mean, they did the best they could. Uh, we lived in the middle of nowhere. So that was it. But it's funny to me now that I love playing piano so much. And I knew it when I was seven. I just knew it. Are you glad, though? Because if you started with the piano, maybe, you know, maybe the, the, the violin wouldn't Maybe it would have been easier. I don't know. But do you think, do you think that, that that works to your advantage in your career? I definitely do. Because, mostly because I don't know many people who play electric violin, period. And definitely not the way I play it. I play it a very strange way. <laughs> Just like my styles have all like been... Um, you hear a lot of like fiddlers, right? But electric violin, that, that list is kind of short of people who play like in a rock band. With, it's like Boy Tinsley, Jean-Luc Ponty, right. And then, and then it's all like Charlie Daniels and like it's <clears throat> less in, in fiddle. Whereas if I played piano, okay, well, I would play jazz or I would be Billy Joel or, you know, things like that where there's a, more of a set path where violin was kind of like, it definitely sets me apart when people are like, what is that? And, and you play what and how and. It's very unexpected. And I put it through a wah pedal. Like I, I, I like to nice. just be ridiculous with it because it's, it's fun. It's different. So I would never ask you to actually Gunner, go ahead. You've not asked many questions at all. Well, so actually, I was uh, sorry. As I, I, I wandered off. Um, so <laughs> not made that, it back. Well, yeah, actually, cause what, uh, what was impromptu is that, uh, I, I know that we talked about, uh, that earlier, and now that we have an actual musician musician on uh, on on cam, as it were, to to judge us, probably in a better light than we judge ourselves, uh, I actually have the setup to play audio through the setup. So if you guys would be so inclined, <laughs> you piece of shit! I hate your guts! Oh my god! Oh. so so that's why that's why that's why you went on mute because which what are you gonna play you're gonna play her or you're gonna play us <laughs> no i said chat no i actually i can i can broadcast it as part as part of the uh, as part i know of the i'm game. asking you who are you paying are you gonna play some of our old well, we, stuff we, or are you we, gonna we, play her no. what do you well, <laughs> prepare i think we should just play hers i think we should probably play hers jess is the guest we should play her stuff but the guest wants to hear you yeah. No. You can, you can, hear, you can, hear, you can hear our 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 most sizable and forceful co-host in his dulcet tones. I would rather you didn't. <laughs> I would really rather. You. Uh, this I mean, is I what I would control of you. This but. is what I would recommend. I would recommend <sighs> you do a little bit of both, so she can hear it. Because why not? You know, why not do it live? But start off with hers to do some credit to her. Okay. Um, yeah. That yes. way, the listeners can go out and get more. Um, of her content because the th to to be honest, I've I've cranked through everything. Like I know it oh. seemed like I was going to talk forever, but I'm actually my questions are covered. <laughs> so that means that we might be able to jump into our next topic. So I think it would be a great transition to play some of her music. Um, I don't know what would be a good song. Maybe <laughs> probably one of the new ones. Yeah, sure. We could do match or news for you. One of those. Okay. 
why is why is everything being so horrible? You go to right? you go to you go to I YouTube talk- and you do you search match and then you leave again. <laughs> We're I'm doing it live. Sending such bad vibes to your computer right now. <laughs> I, I understand, and it's probably warranted. Well, while Scunner messes around with his setup, um, <laughs> I'll ask you the question I was going to ask before, uh, and I would never have you obviously name names. Um, as far as subject matter goes in your music, is it about people? Is it just about your experiences? I know at least one of your songs is about a person, uh, person. near and dear to both of us. But, um, I mean, how, what percentage? Are there a lot of songs about people? Are there just, is it mostly just your experiences or has, have people inspired your, your interactions with people inspired music that like they may not even know about that, that it's potentially about them. Yeah, sure. There's a few ways. First is like, yeah, super personal. And that's like a diary. But the problem with that with that is a couple things. First, you get kind of tired of spilling your guts out to everyone and having everyone like who's close to you be like, oh, so what's going on with that? It's <laughs> like, <this gets> annoying. <laughs> like, God, enough. Just never mind. So there's that. Also, it's funny when you go through uh, like a very tumultuous time in your life and you've got all these songs cranking. And then like I really settled down. I've been like happily in a relationship for three years. And I sit at home with my dog and like, uh, there's not much to really say here. Like I'm go very happy. Right, just go exactly. pick a fight. You know, exactly. Like that's the only way a real feisty song is coming out. So you have to kind of look for other ways. So uh, some ways I do that are from other people. Like I, I had a beg on the new album is a song. My friend just put up a post on Facebook that just said, you should never beg for love. And I, I wrote a song just inspired by what, you know, that, that phrase. Um, Lucienne, a song I wrote a couple years ago is about a character in a book. I wrote another song recently based on the movie, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I was just very inspired by the imagery of that. So I really learned to kind of expand and not just talk about myself, but really use other people. And a lot of times what I do is I put myself in their shoes. So it sounds like I'm talking about me or something that happened to me, but it's really not. And it, it also liberates you to not stick to like the facts. Like when I tell a story about myself, I tend to tell it what happened, you know, but if you start talking about other people or what they inspired in you, you can make it up. And it's now it's more like a fiction story. So you can embellish and lie and, you know, kind of do whatever. And it's, it's more freeing. So I like to do that. And a lot of people who don't know it have inspired me. It happens all the time. Gunner, you're making the eyes of, I'm about to fuck you. So did you figure it out? Is that what's going on? <laughs> I think okay. I, if he, he oh, might have his, his... What did it do? Oh, we all got really loud. Um, I'm sorry that we're blasting your ears out, Wade. It's I don't okay. know why that happens to just you. Um, I'm, just, guessing I'm guessing that Gunner's... Discord hates me. So does everyone. <laughs> I'm guessing that Gunner's mic might not be on because he's going to be sending the audio through. Uh, so maybe we just need to give him the nod. Can you hear me? I can yeah. hear you. All right. So, yes, we're here, here we go. They Man. say you got chemistry
I still say we play. No, it's Thursday. oh, it's try again with Gunner's thing. Um, I'd say I'd say try it out. Um, I would say do do speck of dust and just do your oh. opening line and then and and then shut it off. And I can fix it in post if it comes through weird. Post post Milan. That would I be, promise that would it will come through weird. Wade, you gotta have like more positive waves there, Moriarty. Do you know who I am? <laughs> your, Anything your that Trace ever wrote in his life. He tried his damn bit to be positive, and I just had to turn it so emo and dark. song we have a indigenous person indigenous female rapper she, right but she's not she's at the end of the song so yes yeah we won't have a chance Send it to me so I can hear it in full. <laughs> I love it. Oh God. It's awesome. Now the, now the, very... the strings and stuff. Come on. <laughs> That's all like Trace literally. So pretty much the process is used to be Trace like would compose like fuck tons of song. He would just sit on his computer composing music. And then I think probably there was a session typically before we recorded anything or during yeah. the recording where I would just be like, keep this, drop this, change this or whatever, which is incredibly frustrating for him. Um, and then we'd have Gunner sit down and, and tone out, like figure out how he was going to sing it out. And then I would usually just make up a hook or something like that. Something that was somewhat catchy. Oh, sounded great. Really? And the Gunner, cool thing like about that too, a lot. Gunner, well, Gunner's like voice is like, so like haunting and like surreal. Gunner's like, like Gunner singing is really the fucking, like that's the bee's knees and, and all that stuff. Well, that and Trace's fucking. And then you're music like Chris Cornell coming in, like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Great. He's the Eddie to your Chris. But, it's wonderful. But there's uh there's actually a kid. So that's all produced through a uh, 
that's all produced through a software, a piece of software called LMMS. Um, and they have a, so the background of that song is they had a, uh, they have a contest every year pretty much to, they come out with an album and that song actually made it on the album. Am I correct, Trace? Like 10 number 10 or something like that. Yeah. And this year there's a kid that's, that's developing through with it. And it sounds like he likes the song so much. He actually wants to, he asked Trace's permission to mix it, which I thought was like super fucking cool. Yeah, so we were. <laughs> there's a little bit of uh, insider trading here. Um, when we started the project, I got involved in in helping the, the or from the software side. Um, this 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 LMMS um, software, and uh, when they had their first competition, as long as I wasn't a judge, I could enter. Even though I helped write the software, I could enter, um, and we did. But we did it under we did it under Gunnar Kennedy, which was fantastic because I would feel a little bit of like judges bias would come towards somebody who's helping, you know, create the software. So nobody knew, nobody knew that, that it was me. And, uh, and we landed, yeah, I think we were like 13 or something. We were definitely on the, on the album, but that was the first, the first ever we've applied <laughs> subsequent years. We've never made it back on, which is good. It means that the judging process is fair. Um, but last year's winner, um, last year's winner has taken an active role in the project and he's, uh, you know, he's, he's getting more involved with the, uh, you know, with the, having us manage the Facebook page and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, I was starting to get to know him and we exchanged, he like sent me a picture of his baby girl and we're talking and stuff. And, uh, he said, um, he, he's like, I didn't know you made that song. He's like, is there any chance that you'd let me remix it? So we're, I'm very interested to see what he would, nobody really knows that, so that he's cool. reached out, but yeah, we're very interested <laughs> to see what the remix is going to end up sounding like. Yep, and I, I didn't tell Wade to gutter this, but I sent him, I sent him some of the bad takes too. Oh, dude. Well, in fairness, I mean, that song, there were like six people involved in that song. I think I came in significantly late on that. I, I didn't realize Albany. I didn't realize it until, until I went back to the stems and I'm like, holy cow, we have like, like, you know, like, uh, like our friend, Chris Fiend, um, we have him rapping. We never put it in the song. It's, mm-hmm. I gave him the stem. I'm like, take it, <laughs> see what he could do with this. Um, yeah, it was, it was quite crazy. That was, um, but th- that just, you know, we can't, since we can't sit down with instruments, the creative process is a lot different for us. Um, you know, the, the life cycle of that f- from from a creative standpoint uh there was very was very stressful it actually was um it's it's what almost like you know made us give up on the, the on work uh, putting together music so that's what when i hear you talk about you know you're writing it and then you know you're like well i know i know what he's going to do and i trust him and he's going to come in on the song um we didn't we can we don't have that right we're not <laughs> professional musicians instead it's like hey i wonder if we put enough reverb on on, on chris Fiend's voice if his rapping is going to sound uh good or if it's going to continue to sound like dog shit and you know <laughs> when we're done with it we're like I'm sorry, but this we can't put this in here. It doesn't That's sound funny. good. And then we then we we luck out. So at the tail end of it, um, at the tail end of the production, um, we uh, I, I had a contact um, through the uh, uh, my employer was the United Indian Nation, and uh, part of the 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 language preservation for the uh, the Oneida language, um, they actually have their own like Iroquois has their own language, and uh, I was doing the IT side. So I was doing the, the the tech side and I was working with this woman and she's like, um, I actually, it was this very, like I, this, this exact microphone. Right. And, and, uh, 
I set the mic down and we're trying to get that we're, we're doing a, it was like a, like a, it was a, a book for, for children. So children could learn the Oneida language, which it's, it's a dying language. A lot of the uh, native uh, languages are dying. And she's like, I'm talking to her. I'm like, you know, you got to get closer to the mic. You got to enunciate a little bit better. So people know what you're saying. And she's like, you know what? You should meet my daughter. Um, and that's who, that's who does the rap at the end of that track is, uh, is Degatz. Um, and I met her through, you know, you know, through a, through a colleague at work, but we were very fortunate and she sat down, um, and she's a career musician. Um, and she sat down with us. First of all, she's like, what the fuck is this LMS bullshit? She's like, you guys need to get some professional software in this house. This is bullshit. And I'm like, I kind of a little bit invested in the shitty software right. <laughs> um so we're gonna keep using it um and she's like she's like okay whatever um she's like you know what i listened to your track i like it and i got i i got this this freestyle that i kind of came up with and it got recorded but the musician never released it and um and i and i, I i'm afraid that i you know that, that i'm never gonna get credit for it and it's out there somewhere i don't know if I don't know where it is. And she's like, so I'm just going to reuse it for your track. That's okay. And we're like, yeah, we're fine with it. And what was crazy is um, inside her lyrics, she mentioned like violin. Like it's it, it was in these Ooh. lyrics that were unplanned to be part of the song um, and ended up coming together and being pretty cohesive. So uh, yeah, we really lucked out with that track. That track, uh, um, we lucked out, but it was also um, a lot of perseverance. And I think that's some that's something with success, right? I mean, some of it is being at the right place at the right time, um, and some of it is just putting, you know, just working at it until, um, you know, until you have a product finishing, right? I mean, that's like yep. the hardest part with a song. Yep, is finishing. But yeah, I'll fix all of that audio stuff through production, so people will just think. <laughs> <laughs> they'll hear us talking but people will just think that they came through crystal clear uh, both of our tracks the power of the internet yeah the power <laughs> of post <laughs> yep actually wade just willed it to be a ter I mean, not not your song jess but the other one wade just willed it to be terrible audio quality so that he can i did that absolutely was my uh it's the dark side of the force <laughs> There, there's no way, shape, or form links been shared already to certain <laughs> direct message chats. Are you, yes. Oh, really? Behind the back, it's happening? Yes. <laughs> A two gunner? <laughs> oh, he used the DM, the power of the DM. Oh, it goes down in the DM, apparently. Some bitch. Well, it's, I mean, it's on the internet. It's, it is what it is. Yeah, see? Speaking of the dark side of the force, <laughs> Gunner being a Sith Lord. Um, oh, wow. Get it. <laughs> that was a pretty good Palpatine impression, Gunner. Um, Jess, you're, you're a massive Star Wars fan. And uh, have you seen like all of the releases that like disney plus has been like like they essentially dropped last weekend i know i hadn't heard that what okay. you were talking about like the four bazillion star wars series they're starting now so the ones off the top of my head that i that i am cognizant of and i can remember uh as far as the star wars goes there's a kenobi series mm -hmm. with ewan mcgregor and oh, hayden and christensen. christensen i did hear yep. that. there is a this one's kind of I'm kind of excited for. 
there's a squadron series which is directed and written by um a woman whose father was a fighter pilot uh was an actual fighter pilot so it's it sounds like it's going to be like top gun but with like x-wings and tie fighters essentially um there is I believe there's another clone trooper series coming. The bad, the bad batch. The bad batch. That's it. Um, there is an. Oh, I'm gonna fucking butcher the name. Rosario Dawson played her. Asaka Tano. There's gonna be an Asaka Tano series. Um, I believe there's gonna be a Rogue One series too. Yes, the, I could be wrong. The main, the main character. Well, actually, the, the I, it's, it's terrible. Yes, it shows that I'm a big Star Wars fan. The gentleman who is the smuggler. Who is the one? You know, like, uh, the, not yeah. the main character, but that pilot. It's basically his stories of what he was doing before Rogue One, like in the early days of the rebellion. There's gonna be a Mando series three, thank God. Um, and then you've you've got Marvel stuff going on too. So you've got <clears throat> a Scarlet Witch and Vision show, which is kind of like a variety show and takes place in weird, different, like retro, like realities, like TV realities. Hmm. Um, you've got, they are teasing. They are finally going to get fantastic Four, right. It sounds like, uh, and there's going to be this, which I thought was going to be shit, but then I saw the trailer and I got really excited about it. There's a Loki show, but Loki is kind of like a special agent almost like it looks kind of cool. Awesome. Oh my God. I love it. It's like the one good thing about being alive right now. <laughs> we made it. We made it to the Star Wars series. We made- the only thing we have. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, so Jess, here, here, here's a question. Are, are, are you, a, were you enthusiastic about the new Star Wars films? Not, not necessarily, you know, like, is it, it doesn't have to be for the same reason like the old ones, but like, did, did you like the new Star Wars movies? I like them. I like them. I feel like they had the impossible task to uh, yeah. just, you know, do what they did, but I like them. I thought they they tried really hard and I loved Ray. I thought they had some good characters and and good actors. And they again, they tried really hard to incorporate so many different things, aspects and and traditions and all into the movie. So I I did like them. I, I what? you know, sorry, wait. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Well, because I guess here's the thing, and this is kind of you know again, I I I, I accept criticism on this opinion, on my opinion of, of this. I think I'll tell you already, it sucks. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Well, no, I think I think the problem is that you know, like the prequels were like Saturday, you know, like old fifties, forties pulp movies, and people got <laughs> mad at them because they weren't the thing. But the original Star originally Star Wars was supposed to either be kind of like a you know like a spaghetti western or a samurai movie set in a different context, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the problem with the the the, the new trailer. Like the, the the first The Force Awakens was a remake of A New Hope. Fair enough, fair ball, you know. But like they kind of broke they kind of broke the streak, and like part of it too is like you can kind of see bits and pieces of it. Of the of the kind of the that that myth assemblage peeking through in all of them, and it's not that I I wonder if people hate them they didn't didn't like those movies so much, is it's just kind of the cognitive dissonance jarring in, 
Because like I, I think the the rise or the the rise of Skywalker would have been awesome if it was a remake of My Name Is Nobody, hmm. with Luke Luke Skywalker as kind of Henry Fonda's character in that movie. You know, Ray Ray same accomplishment. You know, Ray is the Ray is the hero of the hero of the you know, like cemented as the hero of the trilogy or one of the heroes of the trilogy. Spoiler and, alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Get over it. It was years, well, several years ago now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, I mean, like, you know, like Mandalorian's awesome because it's basically the closest we're ever going to get to a, a lone wolf and cl- cub live action series. Oh, you know what, dude? I never really thought about that. Jess, when, he, when he's talking about Antrace, when he's talking about lone wolf and cub, are you familiar with that series? No. So, Trace? No. Okay, so there is an amazing, yeah. <laughs> amazing but super duper fucking hard to find and honestly gunner i will make out with you if you can fucking find me at least the codex or whatever okay i can't find uh shogun assassin so there's a japanese film called shogun assassin that is actually referenced in the kill bill series um and a lot of audio was pulled off of shogun assassin on jizz's liquid sword album it is it is almost a, as a perfect story that one can be told in just one movie, which is Shogun Assassin. But the entire series is Lone Wolf and Cub. Essentially, it's about a Shogun's decapitator, like one of his samurai. The Shogun goes kind of mad and sends ninjas to kill the Shogun, kills a wife instead. And now he has a toddler that he has to care for. But he also is being hunted by ninjas. And he also has to go and kill the fucking Shogun. But he's got to carry. He's got to carry the toddler with it. There's a lot of like really, really original kind of scenes and original kind of ideas in that. Um, like essentially giving his like two year old the choice. You know, either die with his mother. He's he was either gonna kill his kill the kid or let the kid join him on this like bloody parade. But it's a really, really good movie. If anyone can find Shogun Assassin, I've searched. Like you can find DVDs and shit, but you can't buy it digitally anywhere. I can't. I cannot find it. But Cubbin, um, you know the D in DVD stands for digital, right? <sighs> Sorry, I thought it was disc video. I D thought, also stands I for disc video. D- <laughs> but that's actually I. I had never thought of Mandalorian as. Um, as as like a shogun assassin but you are completely right so like awesome Damn. awesome i i had seen it mo- mostly as like kung fu like the series of Dar- david carradine no, no, you but, know but that 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 cribs that cribs from that kind of narrative as well you know and it, it, it it's 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 the difference between making a cake from scratch and making a cake making a cake from the box you know i heard the ones like, from like, scratch suck yes Oh, they're all, they could be awesome. It. Well, no, it, 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 no, no it's, 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 it's <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm like, uh, I'm like Adam ruins everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yeah, it like brownies and scratch brownies and scratch cake are extremely difficult for what I understand. Extremely difficult to get just right. They are. That's true. Jess, if, if you were. <laughs> If you had to pick three characters from the Star Wars universe, character that you closely re- closest related to relate to, a character that you your your favorite character, character that 
and they can be all be the same one if you wanted to. Mm. Although this the last one would be tough. So character you think you probably close you closest relate to, character that you just think is like this character's badass, and I just have this affinity for a character, not necessarily because I relate to them all that much. And then a character that you just you don't have to not you can't stand, but one you just can't relate to at all or just not very fond of. Are, are you are you are you paraphrasing the merry unmentionable word kill? <laughs> Game no, right but now. we can do that next. We can absolutely this, do that one next. What's this unmentionable? <laughs> I mark every single episode as explicit. Why, why, why can't you drop the F Because I'm self-conscious. Much as Wade was self-conscious about his music, I'm self-conscious about swearing in front of a new person. For, oh, Mary, no, Mary, I, Mary, okay. Oh, please swear. I went Trust to me, drop totally bombs cool. at the very beginning, and then I felt bad. Like, wait, maybe I shouldn't do that. But Oh, no, no. no. This is totally that type of show. Fuck yes. Okay, good. Then I feel better. This is totally that type of show. Mary Fuck Kill is the, is the game, Trace. No, this is not the game yet. But the next question is going to be Mary <laughs> Fuck Kill. So prepare yourself for that, too. Oh, oh, well, dang. I mean, now it's kind of spoiling my answers. Um, uh, most like, or I mean, there's like real answers, and there's like who I want to be like. Right. Well, okay, that's what I mean. I mean, like, so your real answer would be who you relate to the most. Your next right. answer would be who you wish, you know, maybe you want to be like. <laughs> and then the answer, and I knew that one. And the answer, <laughs> the last answer would be like, fucking can't stand this character for whatever reason. You don't even have to have a reason, but you just it's would like not want to be that thing. character. Yeah, I don't like Luke very much, and he's whiny, but also Hayden Christensen when he's um, Darth Vader. I just want to puke. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's awful. You're right. How much? <laughs> how much do you think? So you got it's so it's so coarse. <laughs> how much do you think irritates Hayden? Hayden being a trash fire was just him, and how much of it was George Lucas's direction? That's, yeah, I mean. The blame lies on both. I mean, yeah, when you're handed lines like that, what are you gonna do? Okay, how the fuck that? are you supposed to like a like you are playing the prequel of one of the most badass villains slash anti-heroes in yeah. all of cinema and all of like story? How are you supposed to do that? A but man, how are you not supposed to do that? You fucking <laughs> totally nailed it, Hayden Christensen. Well, how, so here here's the caveat. How do you how do you depict being this severely traumatized fucking kid from slavery in a kid's movie? Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's true. Not whining like a bitch when you deliver your lines. I don't know. <laughs> Have you seen film theory? Have you seen film theory where they break down Star Wars and decide that the Jedi's are actually evil ones because they support uh, oh, that's, child that's labor? Question. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, I I so guess I didn't know that. I guess it was new news when I saw that. No, no, it, no. It's it's you know they, they pitch their pitches to the guys, but like they're yeah. None of the force users are are quote unquote. None of the force using organizations in that universe are good. Correct. That's actually well, and that's actually one of good, the start story elements in that. Good, good and evil. Yeah, it's kind of the eye of the beholder. It's kind of the different perspective, right? I'm, Obviously, yeah. someone didn't watch the clone, the the Star Wars Rebels, because they got Tom, they got Tom motherfucking Baker out of fucking retirement to voice a character in that series, and that guy like lives in a that guy lives in a fucking castle surrounded by mist that re randomly relocates in England. Is that a crawl reference? 
No, that's just Tom. That's just Tom Baker's house. He's he played the Fair fourth enough. doctor. Actually, pretty much, it's it's funny because Tom Baker, one Americans in general don't really know who he is. Every Ian McKellen, and oh, fucking, every Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart role for the last tw- like fifteen twenty years are stuff that Tom Baker turned down like for like multiple times because he just didn't want to leave England to go he to just, New England. He just gave him the world. He just gave him the bitch, please. <laughs> yes. You know who I am? Actually I think I think actually he was supposed to play uh uh Christopher Lee's part in the the prequels too. <laughs> he was he so for those that don't know, Tom Baker is the doctor who with the scarves. Yes. I didn't know. I'm sorry. I failed you. He's he, he, his 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 voice is melodious chocolate. It is wonderful, and his <laughs> smile is terrifying. So who was so? <laughs> all right, so now we we are on to actually we're not Mary Fuck Hill. We didn't we didn't know we wh- who was your answer for most relatable? Ray, I like Ray a lot. Okay, okay. So now we are on to Mary Fuck Kill. I can I can ask one thing though. They they did they did Ray dirty in those fuck those la- that last fucking movie. How so? Mm, yeah, I I think that they made her. They didn't make her bigger by her rising to the occasion. They made her bigger by fucking undermining everyone around her. And not like Are you still talking? No, it's just I think I, I think I think Ray was a I think Ray was a good character was a good character. She could have been a great character. And I think that there was just there was so, there was so much schizophrenia between those three films and whatever they did in the fucking my brain farting. What's the third? What's this? What's the second one? Ryan Johnson's one. Uh, Force Awakens. Last Jedi. Yeah, the last. The last Jedi just really fucked that whole. The whole flow of that story up, up to a large extent. Yeah. I. I felt like the redemption Luke, Luke, arc Luke. for Kylo was rushed, and yeah. I and I think that impacted Ray's role and everything. Like, I. I don't know. I wish I had. I wish they just pulled the trigger sooner. Like they they had an out. They could have at the end of the second film. That could have been like the, the turn of the redemption point. But it's like no, we got to kick the can down the road to the third film. Right. It's like hey, your counterpart is someone, and actually like Adam Adam Driver, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Who's who's actually a really good actor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Got, you know he got he got he got he just got like. Sandbagged in those movies. Yeah, he really did, but they get like for all the kind of disappointing. I I thought there was a lot of disappointment with Kylo Ren, yeah. and I I think it was because the lines and just the writing in general, not because of Adam Driver, but there was a lot of like oh, good mean, shit in the last film. You, you mean you mean you mean like the prequels with with Anakin yes, very Mc- honestly, there was quite a bit. Of, there was a bit of a flashback there. There was a bit of like <laughs> deja vu. Like oh, I agree they're fucking that. they're they're hating Christensing Christensing him. I yeah. see. So Mary Fuck Kill, here we go. Yes. Um Han Solo, Han Solo. And I'd probably kill Finn in the last movie because he just 
pissed me off so much. <laughs> so much. Oh my god, I hated him so much in the last movie. So, yeah, that's, that's probably it. actually yeah. As I say, they did Ray. As they did Ray Dieter. They 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 really they really did Finn. They really did Finn. They did oh not god. go to good places with his story. Arc. No, terrible, terrible. And he could have. He's it's just what you said about Ray. He could have been great. He had a lot of potential, yeah. and then they just. Oh my god, that he was just chasing her around like an idiot the whole movie and oh so stupid. And I just weird like dead ends with him too. Like kind of like romantic interests in the second film, then it's completely gone. And then you kind of get in a third film. Like, I mean, I would argue bordering on homoerotic with uh um I'm forgetting about the the pilot's name now. What is Poe? Poe, po. yeah, Poe Danum. Yeah, yeah. Although, yeah, here's here's a question: How much did Carrie Fisher dying really just fuck up fuck up the that <sighs> uh, too the flow of things? Man, they chose they chose the wrong uh, the wrong sibling to right. die. I guess off, right. Probably should have killed her off in the second one. Oh, it's awful. I know. I know. That's terrible. I love Carrie Fisher. Me she's too. A fucking, she's she's a gem and a treasure. She's awesome. Yeah. Awesome in real life. Awesome on the screen. Yeah, I love her. Trace. Your MFK questions. The MFK, the MFK consortium. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't do justice. I can't do justice to it. I have to watch more. Sorry. Fair enough. Yeah, I simply can't do justice. I mean, if it, what would I be basing it on? Like, you know, the first three released films, <laughs> I don't have a whole lot of uh, of information. You know, I mean, for fun, I would say that I would fuck Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Because you know, with right. the lights out, it doesn't count. God, like he's, he's entirely body temperature. So, I, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> I I don't know. I'm kind of hoping that Java is like, it's like, uh, you know, like the furnace isn't on full blast, but it's still uncomfortably warm. So, are are you saying that you want like oh, socks oh, out of oh, you, oh. you want like socks out of the dryer warm or? You ever, like, over over you ever, the heat reg, over the heat register, your feet are slightly burning. Have you ever pushed slime into a glass? I can honestly say no. What happens is there's air pockets that form between the slime <laughs> and the inside of the glass. Wow. <laughs> and the harder you press, here we go. That's the sound. <laughs> you, you you want it to make you you want it to make to make love parts. Oh God! I mean, I'll I'll tell you when I saw when I saw Princess Leia. Um, you know, I'll just be a typical a typical horn dog male. When I saw Princess Leia with whatever odd outfit she had on, um, just laying down next to Jabba the Hutt, I realized at that point in time I needed to experience the slime in the glass. (laughs) It was that moment. So I'd marry her, fuck Jabba, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> who'd you kill? Um, man, I mean, we're still we're going back. I'd probably kill an Ewok for fun. Says you are fucking dark. You darker than me. No, 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 no. It's not because I want them dead, right? I mean, they do. They are a little it's, bit evil. It's, it's not that I want them dead. Orgasm it's unless he's Ewok cracked open like a. No, no. Think about this. Eye contact must be made as well and maintained. Yeah. They, must you know watch those, the life leave your eyes. Like, you know, the little, 
think of this, think of this, think of this. Okay. Yep, this, is, this is strictly for fun. You know, the ship that he's <laughs> like zips by on. Right. The Ewok. He's like on the little hovercraft. Oh, yes. He's like, boom. Oh yeah. 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 Moving target. Knock the little fuzzy guy off of the ship. Tell like me that's not worth killing. Twisted carnival game. I can think of many other individuals to kill in the Star Wars universe. Many. So many. <laughs> well, yeah, any uh, of them be yeah, that I fun. I mean, go ahead. Sorry. Kill Skywalker. Go ahead. Kill, kill Vader. Go ahead. But is that going to give you the same satisfaction, right, of using an, over, an overpowered gauge to send a little fuzzy guy a mile away? Like the ship, you could almost do bets. Like, like what lands further away from you, the ship or the Ewok? Yeah. True. See, that's what you get for asking somebody. I guess you're right. You know what? I brought this on, on the show. I apologize. It's completely my fault. Definitely my fault. I brought this upon you all. Gunner, yours, yours now. Oh, so I was going to ask you. Ah, oh, Mary, 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 Mary. Uh, the weave moment. Take your time. Yeah, Terry. Very fun to kill. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Listen, to weave. Mary, Mary Jade. Mary's Mary Jade. Buck is Lando Calrissian. Although, uh, uh, yeah, nice. you're gonna hit the bottom in that. That that's that's only fair. <laughs> um, kill. Oh, sorry, the yell. That's okay. It's not your fault. It's like Discord. It sucks and it hates me. Uh, kill. Um. Again, we're going outside the movies. I'm going outside the. Movies. I mean, is it really kill? Like, like chi- chi- yeah, really. It's more. It's more like su- suicide by flop. But uh, Chewbacca. Oh. No, it's not. It's, no, I, I'm. I'm just thinking. No, it's really. It's. 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 It. You're. You're. You're gonna die. So I mean, like, it's. It's. It's only fair. It's. You know, no, no one kills Chewbacca. Oh, I mean, I, I guess a moon kills Chewbacca if you follow this story. They had to draw. Yeah, here, twenty something years of fucking stories. They get. They get Chewbacca out of. Out of the fucking thing. They drop a. They actually literally drop a fucking moon on him. But he like has a, like, like only redeeming characteristics. Moon. Why would you kill him? <laughs> Why would why would you have a Star Wars movie and proceed to kill the the main characters from the original trilogy in le- in less than a movie and a half? <laughs> All right, is it Wade's turn now? <laughs> now that Chewbacca's dead, I want to go. Now Chewbacca's dead. Just, oh, yeah. just, H- H- I suicide myself. Let's put a blaster in my brain. HK forty seven. Recently, if 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 you live through it, you you've ach- you've achieved an accomplishment. Fair enough. Really, the important thing in there, in the, there is Lando, like, like he's big game or something. You're like a big game hunter. No, You're not evil. Uh, yeah, you gotta no, hunt the little game, like those Ewoks. Yeah, like the son of a bitch killing the Ewok for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, Wookies aren't real. They're really It's it's just five. It's just five fucking Ewoks. Dude, they live on cheek. They're absolutely real. Ewoks live on Endor. Actually, if you read the original scripts, that Wookiees lived on Endor too, but that's really yeah. It's it, it, it don't it's George Lucas. I fair enough. 
it, it's 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 in it, there's there the the coke themed dreams that gave birth to all of the cool stuff in Star Wars are inextricably bound to uh, all of the what the fuck did I just put into my brain? Aren't they all? I isn't that just how? Yeah. Isn't that just how um, art happens? Yes. <laughs> ours is not the question why. Ours is just a witness. <laughs> Wait. Okay. <sighs> Mary Jin Urso from Rogue One. Okay. Fuck the Twi'lek dancer that gets eaten by the Rancor eventually. <laughs> Turn of the Jedi. Wait, wait. So I have to, I have to, I have to ask a qualification. Yes. I, exa- talking, I know exactly talking, what the qualification are you is. Explicitly because yeah. they get eaten by. The yeah. What dragon? the hell? That's that's or, a cop out. She's, she's, she's yeah. she might as well be because, killed at that point. Yeah. Or or. Are you tr- attempting to save her from that fate? In which case, I think it's a little strange that fucking is the tool that you've used to to, to, to arrive at this. I'm a strange no. guy, gonna real well, strange. With the, well, with the game, right? You you either marry or fuck or kills, which means no, 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 no. If she's you gonna die, then you don't get a you don't get a whole lot of fucking in. It's. I mean, it's a. It sounds like the game is. I mean, it's, you, one, it's a one time ordeal. I guess I don't know. And I, I guess yeah. Are you are you fucking the crate dragon to to, to save the, the girl? What, what's going on? Because my point is is that Java sounded like an impulsive decision because of how attractive Java the Hut is. However, he's he's not going to die right away. So I think that I'm playing the Listen, long. I'm not game. trying to in that category, in the fuck category. I'm not trying to get attached or anything like that. <laughs> That's just a good time. Okay, I'm not no. trying to save anybody there. It's just. <laughs> Fair enough. That's what came to mind. That's how it's. That's how it's happening. <laughs> you set the parameter. You've, you 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 you've done a very good job of setting your baseline parameters on this, and I do I do respect you <laughs> for your adherence to the game. Kill is a very tough one. Oh no! Kill Hayden Christensen. Like the actual, actual I love Darth Vader, but but if like, somehow he, like he his his character just, well I guess his character did die so Hayden Christensen dies so so I guess I guess here's the thing like Anakin current, Skywalker gets killed current Hayden Christensen or Star Wars Hayden Christensen because like are you traveling back in time to murder him I don't or know. Are you gonna he, find him Girl is such a good movie him. and he played such a shitty Bob Dylan like it made me want to vomit watching him play Bob Dylan. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Yeah. You know what? Oh, I don't know him personally, but you're, but it's terrible. Hayden Christensen. Ugh. I'm going to like trick you into, hey, Hayden, I'm a big Hollywood exec. We're making Looper 2, man. Come on out. And I'm just going to lock him in a box and throw him in the Atlantic. So, so actually, here's a question. Yeah. Would you say that Robert Pattinson has, 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 com- has come back from Twilight bullshit? I mean, have you seen? Here's I've not seen it. I know I get it. It's like weird vampires and like somewhat cool Mm. werewolves. And uh, listen, Pattinson didn't ruin anything for me. Okay, Twilight. I kind of figured what I knew it was going to be going into it. No interest. Lame. I have. I could care less. You literally took one of the most badass characters in my childhood. And you turned him somehow into a whiny bitch. 
Unforgivable. And then you plop Dylan. So poorly. <laughs> I, I, in such a great movie. In spite of your shitty acting, Factory Girl was a great movie. It was a pretty good movie. So here, here's, here's, here's a... I love how... <laughs> He just kills a real life person. <laughs> yes. Sorry. He cleaves him in plane. <laughs> yes. On Hollywood Boulevard. Yes. With a sword called Grief Eater, Hayden Christensen will meet his end. <laughs> it's like, is that an actual fucking dark saber? How the fuck did you get What the fuck did you get that? There was a story long ago before Ooh, the ocean drank Atlantis. Here, here, I'm here to, to listen to the lamentation of your women and children. But um, because going back to Jess's point, like Luke kind of was a whiny. Luke was totally. just as much a whiny bitch. Do you think that's why that maybe they made Hayden? No, he's a shitty actor, but maybe no, there I, were some I, pointers there, right? I th- no, I I think I think that that's legitimately just that's George Lucas's primary protagonist that's just how he that's just how he writes them this like is empire, empire how i am no empire doesn't have it because empire had like kind of somebody else poking you know poking at the poking poking behind the scene like because you know and return of the jedi at that point you had enough kind of inertia to kind of carry it through but it still kind of bleeds you know it still bleeds through him having the tantrum with in front of the emperor and stuff like that but it's just you know, which is especially embarrassing because he's supposed to be a grown ass man at that point. Right. You know. Of course it's also kind of hard to be whiny like to come across as whiny after you like after you still have Mark Hamill playing Luke Skywalker and Mark Hamill had been like, Hey, I had my entire face peeled off and put back on from like a horrible car accident and I'm like grizzled I'm grizzled as fuck now, so after this I'm not gonna get really any movie roles, but I'm I'm just gonna have to be a voice actor from now on. Jess, are you caught up on Mando? Yes. That's the most question. All right. So I got to ask you, spoilers, uh, any, anyone who has not watched uh, Mando through the tragedy. and uh, well, Actually, what was the la- name of the last episode? Last episode was, was not the, the tragedy. The, uh, the last one was uh, <sighs> Bill Burr's in the last one. The prison break. Oh, yes. The prison break. Right, right, right. Oh, that was great. I like that one. I love Bill yes. Burr. Yeah, he's great. One uh, like pe- uh, pe- Pedro, Pedro, Pedro. Why can't I remember his character's name? name? I don't remember exactly. Well, he's oh, the, man, the guy, the guy, uh, the guy who actually plays the Mandalorian. Oh, again, spoilers! If you have not, if you are not up to date, you know we're we're, we're Pedro we're, Pascal, Pedro Pascal, who you know Prince Oberon from Game of Thrones, and like uh, effectively. New, new, new Han Solo from Star Trek Discovery. Actually, Jess, have you seen Star? Have you watched Star Trek Discovery? I haven't at seen all? that. Or not no. Discovery. Um, Picard. No, but, yes, I haven't. He, he actually, he yes. So somehow, Picard got Han Solo right, but Star Wars cannot at this point. Okay. Um, but uh, no, just just him and that him like in that la- him in that last episode. Spoilers, three, five, four, three, two, one. When he's in the cafeteria 
talking with sitting down with the, with Bill Burr and the Mayfeld, Bill Burr's Mayfeld, yeah, Mayfeld's character. character, and he's like, do again, just him playing awkward guy, and like just doing the whole like still you know like having the whole conversation with Mayfield's character without saying a word, just the whole like you know shaking his head like just, I I don't know. He got a lot of slack, but like he is just really—he's actually a really good actor. Like I—I I don't know. It's Burr. No, well, Burr too. I mean, like maybe yeah. actually this last episode, especially like you know, he was kind of—he was—it was kind of a—it was kind of a stunt cast the first time, but like right, he's actually—he's legitimately interesting. But no, just uh, the Mandalorian. The pa- yeah, Pedro that whole Pascal scene was great. I agree with you. You know who doesn't get a lot of credit there? That the guy that played the general, he stars in essentially every Rob Zombie movie. Yeah, um, yes. as like some twisted motherfucker. So he played he I mean, what he played his character him? well. He played the, a twisted piece of shit like isn't really, he, really isn't well. He, isn't it wasn't he the clown guy in House of a Thousand Corpses? Like the thought the 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 no, no, that's uh Sid Haig as okay. uh Captain Spaulding. He played a minor role in that film. Uh but he's he's in every every one of the film. He played larger he p- played larger roles in uh in the later in the later films. He was also uh, did you ever see that terrible movie Doom with The Rock like no. back in the early two thousands? Okay, then never mind. <laughs> he's well, good at playing a creepy some bitch. That's all I'm saying. All right. So, I mean, other other than like just other than the, like sometimes sometimes the Mandalorian feels like a video game. Where it's like you've arrived at the subquest, you have found the three, you have found the, you have found the three golden fleeces of Arcanon. But I kind of place to meet the new boss. And I agree with you, but yeah, I like the okay. pacing. I like the no, pacing. No, no. I don't like shit getting drawn out. You know, we we've had this talk on the podcast before about like just the difference between a stream, like how how things get paced in a streamed series versus a normal like a normal TV production one too. Yeah, and it's it's you know like again maybe this is just an art you know like this is you're getting into like a a, a changing context of a medium. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Jeff, I was thinking Jeff, about gotta, that today. Ask... Hold that thought. I was thinking about that today about how Star Wars really, it really was designed to be like a syndicated streaming show. Like it's really more like. Game of Thrones from a complexity perspective and from a demand perspective. Um, it just that tech didn't exist hmm. when it was originally produced. It's almost it's almost like a perfect candidate for that. Whereas I think that's why, like you see this this announcement by Disney, it's like, well, sure, why not? I mean, it seems almost like it's a grab, like they're trying to get as much out of it as possible, but maybe it's actually the way that it that it really it's the way that it could grow and succeed and just for, I mean, forever. I mean, how many other types of shows can just last like that forever? There's only a few and Disney owns a lot of them already. The more, the more important question here, Jess, is how fucking pump are you when Boba Fett cracked out a slave with, with slave one and it was amazing. (laughs) We, Actually, just, watched. Him, just just him going to town as an old man with a toothbrush against yeah. a horde of stormtroopers. Yep, it's incredible. They're, I mean, they're just kicking ass with every decision they make in these. I think. 
So that was just like, of course, of course. They're just well, fucking killing it. They just had this perfect mix of, because like, the ship comes down, and I'm like, oh, fuck. Fuck. And Sean was like, what? I'm like, that's fucking Slave 1. That's fucking Boba Fett's ship. He's still alive? Like, holy shit. Like, it was, they're, they are, and that being said, didn't take any time on the fan service to bore someone or to some, it didn't fucking matter, but it was like a little Easter egg. Like for that split second, I knew something that, you know, your, your, your casual fam didn't. And it was right. pretty, it was pretty clever in how they did it. Well, you know, that and just seeing, again, we go back to this mix of Star Wars works best. If they pull pieces from samurai, you know, samurai, 60s films and spaghetti westerns, but Boba Fett is kind of the wandering warrior priest, you know, just show it, you know, you know, there's, you don't waste time explaining like where he's been. You just know that he's been through, you know, like you just, you look at him, you see all the scars on his face, everything. You just know he's been through some serious shit and you just, just pick up, you just pick up like this. Is he's a fucking natural disaster. It's like, it's great when it's working for you, but, God forbid it ever turns on you. That's perfect. Where are we at on time there, folks? It's, it's been seven 11. hours. It's been yeah. seven hours since we started recording. <laughs> it's been seven long actually, hours of listening to Wade sing. I actually watched no. the whole first season of The Mandalorian. While we... <laughs> nice. You should. No, uh, no we're, Honestly, we're actually... You should. We're, yeah, I will. I will. I'm, I, I'm watching. I have to watch it with my son, though, which limits the hours. Because I stay up later than he does. Sure um, Maybe Yoda. I Grogu. will though. Grogu. Yeah, he's got he's he's got his. We're at the point in our family where where we're buying our youngest a baby Yoda so that he stops stealing the oldest's baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. How, how great was it that they they that like you know? There's certain people that I'm always happy when they get work. But Werner Herzog playing an actual character in a Disney TV series just is so. Okay. And I know I just called like what time, but I do have a question. Um, who is the Jedi that made contact with Grogu? Who do you think? Oh, I, 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 yeah, it, not, not, my, not necessarily my original thought. I just, especially considering you have, Filoni and Favreau kind of sitting in this. It could go one of two ways. It could be from the. Uh, it could be the guy from the Jedi Fallen Order games because Cal Kestis. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about I, that's actually a theory I kind of like. Or, you know, and it depends because you know they have buddy connections. I still think Mace Windu, sh Mace Windu showing up out of nowhere. Think he's alive? Would that would be awesome. That would be amazing. Well, no, I just, just you know, just let the, the, you know, like the whole crippled master thing. Like he's just, you know, he's, he's, he's just, you know, he, he's fucked up. But the fact that he's alive just shows that he just he's managed to work through being as fucked up as he is. And the A-list, there's not enough A-listers to take him out. You know, like, there's not enough A-listers to take him out. And he's kind of just got, he's got enough left in the tank to pull the Yoda thing from. Right. I like that. Or, you know, again, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we just have a new one, a completely new Jedi come out. You know, there's, there's a, there's a couple, there's a couple, like, 
hands. I don't know if Yaddle's officially dead. No, yeah, no, she got she she got she got she got straight up murdered. Order sixty sixth. Yeah. Cunts. I I actually you know again it's 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 gonna be interesting. I like I I'm kind of I'm kind of interested that they've decided to go their own way. Like I don't know how much in the movies I don't know how much of the movies they're even gonna like talk about going forward. Like. You know, not not do the whole like we're gonna erase them, but just you know, like there's just so much there's so much meat in the storytelling. Yeah, there's a ton of story in canon, like a ton of like the novels and stuff. There's a lot of story. They they said they got they got they got rid of a lot of the stuff from the 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 novels, but I mean, like you know, they brought they've brought bits and pieces back in, like Admiral Thrawn, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. (sighs) Well, where are we at on time? Actually, here you go. Asaji Ventress. Okay. That would that would that would that would be that would be a nice uh that would be a nice pop back. About one forty six. She got she got, she got, done, she got done dirty too. All right. I I Jess, we we went way over, which I knew we were probably going to go over because I knew so we, we were going to have a lot of questions. Um, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. it's a pleasure to have you. Um, and we hope that you would definitely be on again. Um, definitely. I had a blast. And- you guys are fun. <laughs> thank you. Um. I'm sure going to is going to embarrass me and send you some links to that yes. stuff. What do, mean, what, what, do you mean, what do you mean going to? It's it's been done. <laughs> it's already, yeah, already well, happened. She's going to play it through your, the sweet headphones. I apologize to your ears. Oh god. I suggest down the road and uh, neon Thursdays if that's the case. Nice. Down the road is just spoken word. That's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's kind of what I do on here. But um, <laughs> but with of, that, <laughs> it's, it's of, time for me to ritualistically murder the show, as I do every every week. Um, again, thanks, Jess, for coming on. Next time we have you on, I will hopefully be a more competent streamer, and we can run a stream, and uh, yeah. we can have people watch us live and have a little chat section there. And and, um, and I'll, have, I'll have a working soundboard so that I can pipe things in without having it fucking decide to be a righteous pain yeah. in my unmentionable bits. <laughs> <laughs> With that, um, thanks, everybody, for listening, for checking us out. Uh, we'll, we'll have the link, absolutely have links um, to Jess's music and her page. Um, I've shared it on Facebook already, but uh, we'll definitely put it in the bio and stuff. I'll put it on the Instagram page as well. Um, definitely go check her out. Give her a listen. Check her out on Twitch. Uh, Jess, what's your uh, what's the name of your Twitch channel? Novak Music. And what's your schedule typically look like? Usually 1 o'clock, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and 9.30 a.m. on Tuesdays and Thursdays. All right. So everybody that's listening, please, please, please go check her out. Give her some love. Give her some kudos. Um, Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you later. Gonna take us on out of here. Right the snake, right the snake, right the snake, right the snake.